everyone welcome to the untitled.jpg podcast where we talk about art movies and anything that comes to mind um if you remember i had uh nico lowry in the beginning as my first episode actually and we got into his um alter ego nikki draven and um he's actually here now and i wanted to learn more about his alter ego and just kind of see why he uses nikki draven and why it's part of his performance when it comes to art so can you tell us more about that man well first of all it's a real pleasure to be here right now there's been a lot of speaking and a lot of talking a lot of thinking of how we would do this at one point <laughs> we even thought about giving me not nico me it's my fucking time now we thought about giving me a halloween special but i thought it was a little too campy nico also thought it was a little too campy at first too but i'm excited to be here i'm excited to really kind of open up to everybody about why we choose to dress and look the way we do and approach art in the manner of uh, borderline performance to just being authentic and how we really want to look like and I'm, I'm just really excited to be here to give have the opportunity to talk about that yeah man so when when did this all start man it Nikki Draven, myself, I did not come into fruition until the summer of 2015, 16 for a gallery, 242 in Harlem. It was an idea that we had for a long time because I feel like every person has an inner voice, inner persona, character, identity that we don't really embrace. Growing up, we were really bullied for a long time, you know, so after a while, you're starting to slowly gravitate towards things that distract you from like you know the mundane the everyday life and you know long story short we'll get into it but i was created due to years of escape and ideas and art and i've been around for eight years now and it's you know evolving more and more every time i do it every time i come out every time we create it and yeah we're just stepping the game up more and more. Why did you decide on Nikki Draven? What was the origin of that? Man, so, I mean, I'm sure people who are listening or not, I'm not too sure, but those who have been bullied in elementary school, junior high, you know, not looking for sympathy or anything. It's just the honest truth, right? You know, kids get bullied. I was a little fat. I was a little different. I was a little weird. You know, kids would call me like, you know, retard faggot you know beat me up and shit which is crazy you know think about it as recent as like 2005 like kids still did shit like that you know it, when you get bullied so much and then kind of get targeted for how different you are after a while you kind of look for an escape you know i found that in comic books and movies and tv video games and but specifically comic books you know all my favorite superheroes covered the faces you know spider-man iron man captain america to an extent I just felt like if I could be like them, you know, nothing would be impossible essentially. And as I got deeper into art and creating and diving more into these concepts in my head, I felt like I needed to become more in tune with my work, you know, more intertwined with it, not just this is Nico Lowry and this is the art. Nico Lowry then became the art with the art. You know what I mean? That's where Nikki Draven really became molded. I want to say specifically, the idea started becoming molded as early as sophomore year of high school in 2011 to 2012. 
is when this idea of like, well, I really want to wear a mask, you know, because another one of my favorite idols and inspirations is Slipknot. They wear masks, Daft Punk, Kiss, they cover their faces, you know, Misfits to an extent. And I was like, I really want to wear a mask. I really feel like I need to escape reality more than what I already am. And so as early as 2011 is when the balls, the balls started rolling on creating the identity that I am now. How do you feel when you have the mask on? Better. I know as cheesy as it sounds, I do feel incredibly invincible. I feel like right now, no one can stop me. No one's going to stop me, you know? Mm-hmm. It's almost like a mask, you know, to escape everything. But at the same time, it's also a mask that gives me like this weird power of like, I can really create and do and say whatever the fuck I want and not feel any hesitation, not feel any worry, not feel this pressure of any sort of backlash in terms of people are going to bully me because I'm going to say, because right now I'm Nikki Draven, I have this face on and, you know, I just, nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to really mm-hmm. keep me back from anything right now. Um, what was the initial reaction during your first gallery show? <sighs> It was definitely a mixture of shock and laughter because at this point, you know, the gallery was in June, for example, I started hyping him up in January. Like I knew after I graduated high school, I'm going to pull the trigger on it. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I feel so in tuned with this character who's still unnamed at the time. I was like, I have this idea. And I made this piece about the a school shooting in Florida that happened back in 2015, 2016. And it was, uh, a girl and it was a coffin a nine-foot coffin split into sections where each section right was different ethnicity nationality uh religion sexuality right and i feel like it was so important i feel like i wanted to be a part of it more than what i already was so i took my nickname which is nikki right people who may not know people my close friends and family call me nick or nikki no one calls me nico like that I took the last name of the my favorite movie's main character, Eric Draven from The Crow, and I just kind of meshed them together and became Nikki Draven, you know? And when I got to the gallery, of all this excitement and hype, people were just shocked and laughing because they were like, they couldn't believe I actually did it, and they couldn't believe I was doing, you know what I mean? They couldn't yeah. believe I, sh- I showed up in a red blazer. This custom blazer with my logo on the back, a button down, a black bow tie. I made a crown out of like copper sheets. I had this whole skeletal face paint. And at the beginning, as reaction was laughing and shock, it quickly warmed up to a weird, like people kind of respected it. Like, oh shit, like, you know, you're really kind of owning it. And people weren't too off put, if that makes sense. I, I hope that came out a little clear. Yeah, yeah, for sure. People had to warm up to it. And when they did warm up to me, I think they realized it was more than just me playing dress up. Right. So that initial like time that you did that kind of solidified the identity. Yeah. Into like other gallery shows. Yes. So what was the initial look for that? Because you, from my experience of like going to all your, your galleries, galleries, you're always changing it up. You're always having a different mask. You're having different like face paint. And a different outfit like what what makes the decision on that that's a great question i feel like initially i was going to stay with the same crown face paint and mask almost like i was going to be a cartoon and now cartoons were the same thing every episode yeah 
I was like, I'm going to do that. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm more than a cartoon. I'm like a real person. I'm still, as much of it as an escape and an alter ego, I'm still a human, mm-hmm. a real human, you know? So I felt like it was important for me to differentiate my outfits and look for every gallery. So every time I looked at it, I knew what show and what knew what piece. And I made my look connected to the piece and the show in a way that no matter what i and my work were always intertwined no matter what yeah so i know that like you're like you started um becoming nikki draven that first show but usually you know you could do the whole outfit change and everything and put wear the mask but when did the actual alter ego come in because now you're changing how you're thinking, how you're speaking, how you're acting, all of this. Like, when did that come into play? So, Nikki Draymond started, what, 2015, 2016, right? Yeah. I was as excited as I was. I was still very nervous and apprehensive. It was like, you know, it's a big jump to go from, like, looking regular, you know, casual at every gallery to one day showing up like this full facade. Not responding to Nico, but responding to Nikki. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie, my second show after that, there was some hype because a lot of people showed up to my show. A lot of people, because they said they heard I started dressing up like a fucking wackadoo. You know, someone told me that. It's like, you look like a wackadoo. And I showed up regular me because I was I was too scared. As much as I use Nikki Draper as an escape, you know, at the same, at the same time, it's just an escape, you know? Mm-hmm. I still fear and have feelings like a regular human. I was scared that I would be rejected like I was in high school and not high school at all, elementary school, junior high, that people would shun me because they, because it was too weird for them or too different, you know? And when I got there, ironically, it was nothing but, I mean, as sad as it was, but at the same time, it was reassuring that everyone was very disappointed that I showed up as Nico and not me. And that's when it really began to click that people were there to support me because I was taking this different path and doing this extra on top of being extra for my work, you know? And after that, that was the last time I ever was Nico Lowry for any show. And that was back in 2016. Yeah. So, but I mean, like personality wise, I mean, you're, like you said, you're not responding to Nico, you're responding to Nikki, but like, what, how, how do you change that? Like, how do you make that switch? Once the face paint, or the mask is on it's free for all yeah. right every little thought that i normally can't think of any little thing i want to say that I normally can't say just comes out i don't want to say it's a filter without the filter but it's a way for me to say and feel whatever i want without feeling this you know it it acts more of a shield if that makes sense mm-hmm. you know and i know some people should say you shouldn't shield yourself and this and that but you know it's hard when you deal with you know, your own head getting in the way, you know, my mind, like mental health and stuff like that. When this is on, I kind of say and feel whatever I want. Like right now I feel great. I feel amazing. You know, sometimes that doesn't feel the case, but right now I feel great. I'm just excited to be wearing my mask. I feel protected. I feel like I could say anything I want and feel whatever I want. And, you know, I've definitely put my foot in my mouth quite a few times. I'm not going to lie. We all have. Um, Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. <laughs> One time there's a show in Harlem at a Talaborqua. I'm totally butchered it, I know. And I was told by the gallery owner about a week after the opening that 
he was getting a lot of complaints because I was, I guess, cursing or doing too much and there were children there, you know? So little moments like that, that I've learned from, right? I've learned to adapt to making people uncomfortable, which is what I don't, I, it's something I don't aim to do, right? But making people understand this is still art, it's just performance, it's just a character. Does that make sense, you yeah. know? There was another moment, I'm trying to think. I did a, a speech at a, at a school and uh, I slandered my current college before I got into FIT. I went to another one in Brooklyn. I'm not going to mention it. And there's people at the school I was making a speech. I thought that the school told me to slander my current college, right? And it just made them look really bad, but it wasn't my intention. I was just kind of saying that I wasn't happy in my current college while making a speech at another much better art college. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just wasn't a very good look. And, you know, that was a little, another moment. But these are these all happened years ago. So, I mean, as much as I learned, I'm still learning to grow up and mature the character in a way that I could say and do whatever I want while also respecting and not making it and making it too inappropriate, too uncomfortable for people. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think here. Cause I had a I'm trying to see. Okay, so I like this. Is, these are questions that I'm assuming other people have had before. It's like you're you're doing your Nikki Draven and all of this, and you're doing performance with your gallery shows, but you know, at do you think at a certain age you're gonna stop because people? like are gonna think like why is this guy still playing dress up you know that's a great question that's a great question i definitely do feel two things i have two things right that there is going to be an expiration date right because let's be honest at one point is it going to be that i'm a little too old for this shit yeah. right and two if i continue freshing things up in a way that it's still nikki Draven but still new is that considered old you what know what i mean well, I started off with the face paint and the crown, right? Mm -hmm. Then I got rid of the crown because I wanted to switch up the character in terms of, you know, I wore the crown because I thought at the time I was better than everybody else, right? And But I quickly, over time, realized that I'm no better than anybody else. I'm just like you guys, especially the gallery scenes. Like, I'm just as much of an artist trying to make it as everybody else. So why am I to put myself at this better higher hierarchy, essentially, right? So then I took the crown out. Then I... So I switched up the face paint a little bit because the skull paint was becoming a little, you know, uh, kitsch, a little too campy. Mm -hmm. So then I switched it to a more angrier look based on how I felt at the time, right? So it looked like a skeletal, but some a little bit more. It was a little more artistic, more abstract. Now moving forward, I plan to wear this mask. I plan to create a variation of this mask moving forward to the point where it's going to be all white. It's going to be incredibly neutral, but it's still Nikki Draven. You know what I mean? So. It's still in the same spirit, but it's just enough to know that this is evolving. It's maturing. It's different. Mm. And I want to be like, I want to be like bands, right? Who had a specific niche, a specific gimmick, right? Who are still relevant because they freshen things up. We all know those bands that kind of fell off because they never did any risks or changed up their sound to do anything different. And that's the reason why we don't talk about them. But we talk about the other bands who tried things they experimented yeah and they grow with they, the times exactly and if they didn't do it as well they're still respect and appreciated for trying and most of the time those bands learn from those cases and they come up with something a better follow-up record or performance that reflects what they started with 
and what they're learning and growing from. And that's how I'm trying to look at Nikki Draven. The moment it stops learning, I stop learning and growing is when I probably pull the plug on the whole thing. I don't know about starting a new persona, right? But Nikki Draven and I, Nico and I are pretty intertwined. So I almost said we'll slip up there. Yeah. I'm still human, you know? So I'm still learning. I'm still figuring things out. I mean, I, hell, at one point I had a whole wife, right? Lady right. Draven, Miss Draven. And I also had eight children, the COD, the children of Draven. And I felt at the time it was a perfect narrative, right? I had this wife, you know, husband and wife have children. Husband and wife don't work out. The children grow up and grow off and do their own thing, right? Where's that dad? Where's that leave the dad to do? Continue learning and growing and going. And that's where I am now. Okay. Yeah. So do you, do you not have like an actual expiration date for it? Not yet. Do, like, but do you imagine doing this well into your thirties, well into your forties? To an extent. Really? To an extent. I even thought about doing shows that is exclusively Nikki Draven and or Nico Lowry. So I switched it up here and there. Right. So what What would that change in the gallery scene then? What would it change? Yeah. Like what do they have different art styles? What's going on? There? Yeah, I'm definitely more angry, more emotional, right? Mm -hmm. He likes to be a little more, you know, grounded, floored oh. down, you know, right now we're kind of working together, become more even, right? Kind of be on the same like, uh, wavelength, right? I create the base of all these crazy colors and expression, right? Boxing gloves, screaming, moving around, jumping. I love to put the canvases on the floor and jumping all around the brush and like throwing and stepping on them, right? Once it dries, he'll go in with black, bold line work, go on top, create an image, right? Something simple, something minimal in a way that they complement each other. The colors in the back will create the black on top to pop out while the black on top that pops out is even because we get to understand and look at the colors in the background. It's a work in progress, definitely figuring things mm -hmm. out. But I think it's important for any artist in general to not get too comfortable. You know, hell, I can name at least five on the top of my head right now, which I won't. But, you know, people can need to take more risks. And I feel like it's important that we don't pigeonhole ourselves and stay in the same, stay in the same style for too long. Because then it gets boring and old. And while everyone else is moving ahead of you, you're still in the back figuring your shit out. Yeah, I mean, with any successful artist, they're really just always going to explore something new. You know, you never want to stay doing the same thing you were doing when you got out of college because, I mean, styles get old. People, you know, in illustration, people use the same styles. Oh my God. Like there's a whole editorial style going on right now that, you know, might not survive in the next decade or so you know at least you're self-aware yeah so there's no disrespect towards illustrators i'm very outspoken about this with other styles and artists and as, as well as abstract which is what i do i feel like with illustrators they they just look the same yeah i mean you it know? depends on what kind Some of, artist of them do you are. yeah have their own little little thing that makes it like i could tell who that is yeah but if you put five of them next to each other they all look like the same artist and right. but you could say the same argument about abstract expression yeah, and that's you what I want to get into now. It's just it. with abstract art, it's like so hard to even tell who did it, you know, because it's all pretty similar. I mean, unless you got someone like Jackson Pollock who was known for that, but then, yeah. you know, Boss any God. one of us could like go go and splatter paint and like put that next to each other and see 
and give it to the general public and see if they can tell the difference you know like yeah. unless you're not savvy on who, what artists are doing you're not going to understand who did what people tell me all the time oh so you just when i tell them explain to them i'm i'm a performance artist who specializes in abstract abstract expression yeah right away oh so you just splash paint on the canvas right i'm tired of that i understand but i'm tired of it so it's like you know what makes yours different that that could change if like that you could put it next to someone else's abstract art and be like, oh, this is mine. Man, I hope it doesn't come off in a weird way, right? Because I've definitely got mixed reactions to this, but I don't look up to really any real abstract artist. I mean, it's kind of hard. It's you know? incredibly hard not to, but I get so much inspiration from like street art. You know, I love Banksy, but then I also love, I appreciate Basquiat because his right. is different. It's abstract, but it's different enough that you're able to understand why it's different. You're able to understand why Banksy's different, you know? Tim Burton, Van Gogh. Tim Burton, illustrator, right? But he's different enough to understand that we know that's Tim Burton, right? Yeah, I mean, he has his own personal style. Exactly. Van, uh, Van Gogh, the strokes, the way he does things, it's abstract, but we're still under, able to understand that it's Van Gogh. I look up to people with really specific styles who are mainly not abstract, besides Basquiat and Van Gogh to an extent. Yeah. But I really love looking at Renaissance paintings as well. No specific artists, right? But you go to the Metropolitan Museum Art, I am infatuated with the Renaissance work. It's like almost like, you know, back then they painted humans so surreal. If you look at them, the eyes look like fish. The face, everything is so unproportional, but we understand it's a human face. But I love that. You know what I mean? So I really don't look at abstract work too much. And I've gotten a lot of shit about it. I remember in college, professors would get so mad at me and say, you have all these resources. Why are you being so stubborn? And I want to just explain to them that I don't want to accidentally, unintentionally, you know, how sometimes you could like just paint work and say, this is unintentionally is very similar to another artist or person. I wanted to avoid that. Why do that when I could? Yeah, but you could also, I mean, that's the whole thing with um, learning from different artists. I mean, you can take, not take, but like learn from all their styles, but then you know, there, there's obviously a point where you, you feel like you're copying them, but you get through that to then start making your own. Right. So that's probably what they're talking about when you're being stubborn. It's just yeah. learn to appreciate what they're doing and actually see their techniques Yeah. And, and practice it just so you know, understand how they did it. So then from that, you learn how to make it, make it your own. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm only 26 and that was like four years ago, which is so crazy, you know, but I totally understand what you mean. And I, you know what I mean? Like, that's the same thing they say, you have to be able to appreciate it. And I do, but yeah, you know, I'm still figuring it out. Who knows? Maybe yeah. in a year or two, I might begin to get into a real big abstract phase where I'm looking more at them, you know? I do love the Mets abstract section, but yeah, yeah. This is cool. I like that you're not the kind of host that disagrees with me. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. You're like, you're like but that's cool. So, what do you feel about mod the modern art museum? Because you just mentioned the, Met. the MoMA, they, yeah, like you mentioned the Met, but what do you go to the MoMA and appreciate you know, that better? I went to MoMA a lot in high school, and once I went to college is when I started going to the Met more. I kind of switched it. I think in high school, you know, your your attention spans a little bit more minimal, and I was like, ooh, colors, big paintings, you know, something different. Everything is a little different because it's the Museum of Modern Art, right? Yeah. When I went to college is when I started taking art history classes and everything, and I was like, oh wow. Like, there's a much more bigger spectrum of work than I originally thought. And that's when I went to the Met. And I love that the Met, anytime you, every time you go, you will always find something different. MoMA is different, too. 
But I feel like MoMA is a little bit smaller. I'm not trying to shit on MoMA. I love the MoMA. No, I mean, it's... But you get what I'm saying, It's a right? smaller community, I feel. I mean, like... Yeah, it's like a very it, small building in Met. I love, I love some people that the Met is so big, they built over the original Met. Yeah, because, I mean, with the Met, you're talking about the world, the world's art, you know? Right. And there's more, like, there's more history there because the MoMA, modern art, I mean, it's like modern yeah it's less years so it's gonna be obviously less art mm -hmm. so it's gonna get bigger but um yeah yeah i mean i would fig figure that you would be spend more time at the moment because of like your art styles and everything yeah you know i go as much as i can but i just lo love the man i love yeah. the man i love just i think it's so important that for any style artist whether it's abstract illustration communication design that not only do you look at the work from your field but i think it's so important to look at the work from all different cultures and stuff you know like i mentioned renaissance i go to the met broyer they have like different architecture and vases and look at the design on the vases or hand painted you know i go to i grow to appreciate those a little bit more than some of the abstract works not that i don't appreciate it but you know there's some things that people kind of perfect freehand mm -hmm. that looks like it's printed on i mean it's also you gotta appreciate it for the time that it is because back then they, didn't have they had nothing you know? yeah which that was insane. their entertainment yeah i love like you know i nerd out over a lot of dumb shit but i love nerding out over like little moments of art like that yeah. little moments even people are gonna totally eat me alive but who's the artist that does the black white red yellow and blue squares you know what i'm talking about i think he's a french artist abstract painter I'm not really keen on that. Man, yeah. I apologize for all those art snobs who are listening right now. But if you look, and I remember a teacher showed me this, his squares were all freehand. Right. And it looks like he used tape or something, but it's freehand. And you have to learn to appreciate it. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, so I want to know. That's like, so hard. Because I'm, listen, I appreciate as much art as possible. Like, I go to the moment and I love the art there too. Yeah. But there's certain ones where I'm just like, Man. I don't understand what makes it like yeah better than anything else like i've seen stuff where it's just like huge canvases with like one line of paint and that's considered art i just don't understand where they're coming from in that sense man i don't agree with it either and that's why i can't stand some abstract work because so yeah. it's so bullshit it's too bullshit you know and i feel like not that i earned my right to say that but i've under i've been painting and doing stuff enough to understand that you know I don't agree with it. And I feel like, I, you know, as in my opinion, that's it, you know, nothing really yeah. crazy like that. And I, I tell people, I feel like the only reason why those artists that do like, you know, the big cams or like the little square and square is because at the time that artist just happened to be doing something different. You know what I mean? Yeah. In 2018 through 2021 eyes, you're like, what the heck is this? But in the 1930s and sixties, whatever, no one really did. You know what I mean? I try mm -hmm. to put myself in the perspective and mindset of like, well, how did it look? And how did it come off in that time period? I just don't imagine like, cause then there's people that also say all oh, the emotions in there, but I don't, there's no story behind it. I feel, you know, I feel like sometimes in art, people always pick, they pick so hard yeah. to find something with it. It doesn't but, always have to be. I like mean, yeah. That. And I mean, I guess in a way too, it's like, it leaves it to that viewer to, they're the ones that bring the emotion to it because yeah. they have, when they're so, <laughs> When something's, it's just like in movies, like we just watched Halloween yeah. and um, I was Fair just, wa I was just watching uh, the movies that made us the, Halloween. Oh, you finished yeah, it? I finished it. Oh, nice. And the, the guy was telling, telling, uh, I forget his name or I think it's urban something. 
he's the one that like kind of steamrolled the whole uh, movie like right bankrolled it and the stuff producing all that yeah. yeah yeah and he was saying that he doesn't want any blood on any gore or anything but to like just have like like have uh michael myers in the shadows and everything and and just not really show much of the violence right. or like any gore just leave it to interpretation um just kind of leave it for the viewer to psych themselves out and like get <laughs> the fear of like the empty space of like those still shots of just like the house where nothing's happening it's just stillness and like the outside where it's just greenery but no- nothing's there right and then like michael just disappears the out anticipation of nowhere. Or something yeah that's it's just like happen. the anticipation so it's just like leaving so to bring it back to art it's just kind of leaving that interpretation for the viewer to like put their own story into it so that's really the only way i could see modern art like in that sense where there's yeah. not much happening in it for just like kind of ha- make it an interactive thing for yeah. the viewer i feel like I mean, I feel like the the big thing, and you could totally correct me because, you know, there's so much going on in the world. Yeah. And especially here in New York City with art. I feel like the big thing now that I'm seeing, at least, and I totally could be off, it must be maybe something bigger, lesser. I think streetwear is like the biggest thing right now. And most yeah. of the images on streetwear is so awful. Or, no, let me take well, that what back. What do you mean? Well, it's very minimal in a way that looks childish. But like that's like, like for like clothing right now. Yeah, stuff? yeah. Like on hoodies and sweatpants and shit. It's like just line work, and it's just like you know silly happy faces on like a sun. And I saw one recently. It was a happy face on a sun, and it's all cricket, and it looked like a child drew it, and it's sold out. And each one's like sixty bucks to pop. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in a weird way, and I'm not saying awful in a bad way. I'm just saying it's awful. I mean, you're you know entitled what? to your opinion. You're right. Let me let me stick to my guns. Right. Let me not be a hypocrite. I don't like it. I think it's crap. But. There's a niche audience for that. You know what I mean? It, it sold out for a reason. Mm. It could be because of the name brand. It could be because of the design or both. Or the story behind it. Yeah. Or in most cases, it's the name brand, but people don't care enough. They see through the art for the name brand. So they could put anything they want. I guess my, my point I'm trying to make is I mean, yeah, art is going reverse. Yeah, like it's like Kanye. Stripping I mean, the shit of it to just have the fucking skeleton underneath it, you know? Yeah, like... I think the brand name or just the person be behind the thing is what's selling it. I mean, yeah. you could, like I said with Kanye, I mean, a lot of his pieces are very, nothing's happening. It's just like minimal, minimal. And that's just the century we're in, I guess, like the, the couple of years, era. Were, yeah. the era. Yeah. Like people are just more into less is more. Kind of thing. You know what that reminds me of? What? Those shitty pieces we talked about the Momo that have just the canvas yeah. and the square and the square. You know what I mean? So it's like, as much as we may not like or shit on it, we have to respect the fact that, guess what? Yeah. Those paintings that we don't like are influencing what are the biggest things in music and art now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm always like back and forth. I'm like, gosh, I can't stand it, but it's working. It's working and people like it or something. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? There's an obvious influence. And yeah, people, it's just going backwards art. You know, we went from crazy, colorful, big splash to even that Japanese artist that works with Billie Eilish a lot. People are going to fucking shit on me. I forgot his name. I don't even know. He's a guy. He's always smiling with the glasses and he's got like the puffy hat and shit, the cartoons. It looks like anime stuff and mm-hmm. it looks like cartoons. It's like we're going back to when we were children, drawing yeah. like children, cartoons, like anime and stuff that reminded us of our kids. So it's a very fascinating time right now in art that we're kind of going with the less is more approach. And to an extent, I've seen an illustration. 
it's becoming more, you know, more of the same, less of a background, more of the subject or vice versa. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. It's really weird right now. Yeah. I mean, it's always changed throughout the years, you know? Yeah. Um, like, it's never going to stay the same for too long. Yeah. I mean, my favorite example of that is just with Picasso. I mean, he started as a Gosh. realistic painter. Those self-portraits. And then within like, de- like each decade, every couple of years, it was just like deteriorating. This, like, yeah. this I think it was like, he made a bunch of self-portraits, right? And, yeah. And then it just like, you just saw it just deteriorate as it was his, a black and gray his, illustration. Yeah. As his years went by to an abstract surrealism with eyes on yeah, the side yeah. or anything like so it's just like in the world right now it's just that's what's going on but yeah. like at a longer kind of period yeah he just kind of happened within within his life much faster yeah it's interesting you know yeah. so as much as like some people shit on art and as much as we may not like some art that we're talking about verbally yeah right? yeah like i mean i we don't like it but we respect pe- it we respect it there's people that like it in their own right of course you yeah. know uh, art is who, subjective exactly yeah so and people get so gung-ho on these things and i yeah. feel like you gotta relax a little bit yeah there's no it. right answer as who what what art is yeah. you know people get mad at me it's like why don't you like it's like i don't need to like or not yeah, like anything yeah. and you shouldn't give a shit what i like or think you know i don't go and jump down your throat for not liking it i respect your opinion that's where it ends yeah you know real quick i want just one thing sure throughout the podcast i've been doing like a little mm-hmm. humming right mm-hmm. People are probably hearing it like, what the fuck is that, right? Yeah, so why don't we talk about that? I was going <laughs> to, I don't want to force it, but I'm like, it's bothering me right now, right? Yeah. I have Tourette syndrome and I've had Tourette since I was, I mean, I was diagnosed at six, but my mom says I've had it since at least four. It's definitely, I mean, just like Nikki Draven, like myself, right? Mm-hmm. Evolving. My Tourette's have evolved since I was six, right? I went through some fucking twitching, really bad twitching my throat. <clears> throat> doing all these things like my hands my body shaking as i grew older my tourette started shifting to become more this throat one hum. you know yeah. it's very annoying people will sometimes look around like my i thought my phone was ringing because it sounds like a vibration you know and it's embarrassing I'm, as 20 as of being officially diagnosed for 20 years with tourette's it's still very embarrassing i guess that adds another piece to the layer as to why I do what I do because I could twitch. Like right now, I'm twitching like crazy. Mm-hmm. And as much as it was bothering me just now, before that, I didn't really notice I was twitching on, on like recording, you know, because I'm just so comfortable right now. And yeah. I think it's so important for people who have like these like disabilities or like, you know, these extra things I have with Tourette's, OCD, ADHD, dyslexia, ADD, <laughs> narcolepsy. And, you know, I don't, I try not to see them as a weakness. I don't. Some people may do, and that's kind of up to whoever has it. People who you shouldn't, you shouldn't really judge or answer for someone who has it when you don't have it, you know. Which I've had people try to do. It's like, oh, you're not, you're not, you're just really tired. You, yeah. you know, you just probably sleep. And it's like I don't fucking want to sleep. I don't even remember falling asleep, you know. And for those who don't know, narcolepsy is when you just kind of knock out sometimes out of nowhere, or you just fall asleep uncontrollably, you know. And it's very aggravating. And I think that's another reason too why I do naked dreaming because I could just not that I'm gonna fall asleep, but I could kind of let loose with my disabilities a little bit more without worrying about the backlash and repercussions. It's been a real consistent theme today. Yeah. Of shielding myself from repercussions and kind of letting myself be free. Cause I think it's important to not hold myself back or hold ourselves back. You know, like in simplest terms, I feel like we shouldn't be scared. Yeah. To be ourselves. 
So did that like add to the whole bullying aspect when you were younger? Oh yeah, kids thought I was the weirdest dude ever. I, I always loved comic books and some anime and other things, right? Especially yeah. when I got old and learned like about Metallica, Nirvana, all those other bands, Slayer. People in my camera grown man, people are like, yo, you're a fucking faggot and gay for that. Because only like gay people listen to that shit and they used to beat me up. And one time a kid punched me in the mouth, which is fucking crazy. He punched me in the mouth, he thought I was gay. And I'm not saying I'm a fucking saint, because I was definitely a piece of shit too in elementary school, because I got bullied so much that when new kids came in, I began bullying them the same way the other kids bullied me. Mm-hmm. You know? And it wasn't until I kind of went into high school is when I learned of like I learned from my ways you know you know it just you know you kind of you know you're 14 15 you're really figuring your shit out and I hope I'm not I hope I'm staying I hope not, I'm not Very good. you know like right now doing I'm like getting over self-conscious in real time overthinking which is a horrible problem I have right which then began to develop into like my anxiety and depression in high school you know which is always kind of lingering in elementary school from like the bullying and everything where I was like, I needed this escape. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. So you also went to School of Art and Design. Was, like, Nikki Draven accepted there? Nikki Draven was, began to become molded in high school. Yeah. I was never bullied in high school. I got in a few little, you know, scuffles here. Nothing nothing crazy. The great thing about Art and Design is everyone there is weird. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So no one's, no one's weirder or less weird than the other. Even if they try to act like they aren't, we're all weird. And that's what was great. I got to be partially who I wanted to be without being scared. But the hair, the look, the make, you know, I, not the makeup, but like the put marker shit in my hands at the time, you know. And I got to just be me, you know. But sometimes outside of school, you're not able to really be who you want to be yeah. without feeling any sort of backlash for that and being fearful of what people outside of school would think. You know, and that began to really push Nick J more because not to dive too deep, but when you have someone who co-created you leave your life and abandon you, that fucks you up, you know, especially when you find out when you're 14 that they left. Mm-hmm. And when you grow older, you learn more about it. it just eats you alive. This person who helped create you left you when you were three. That does something to you. You know, what do you do with all that anger and frustration and emotions? Yeah. Mix that with everything else I mentioned. What do you do? Do you do it? Do you kill yourself? Like I tried a few times. Do you reach out for help like you tried a few times? Or do you just swallow your pride? Think of killing yourself and not actually do it, but let it eat you up inside. Nikki Draven was there to save my life. Yeah, it was your In escape, way, you said, right? To escape. Luckily, you know, as much as he's still, I'm still an escape, right? I've grown better to communicate and handle those complex feelings more as I got older, but it doesn't mean they aren't still there. The anxiety is always going to be there. The thoughts of depression aren't as bad, but they have my moments where I just want to not kill myself, but I feel like I just want to die. And I feel like it's so important that we openly talk about these things. I feel 
like right now it's the not the perfect time but it's the most accepting time to talk about these things you know man we're hitting every cylinder today huh mm-hmm. you're really getting me to open up huh kiddo <laughs> yeah um i guess i was just asking more of that question in iron design like yeah sorry about that totally got yeah yeah super no off topic. um just because i wanted to get into then also like your abstract art and were you also being told how stubborn you were like were you growing in that way there like uh, ironically not too much because you mean, were taking fine arts right and no what were you t- you're doing art design, design high school i was a graphic design major. okay i started off as an illustrator and my illustration sucked so bad because i just i just i never enjoyed drawing realistically proportionally at least at the time right i was like mm-hmm. 15 16 17 17 years old and i showed this woman in the school my sketchbook and she goes this is pretty much borderline graphic design like i'm gonna put you in there and if you don't like it come back to me in a week i said sure i loved it i actually tried to graphic design for seven years but in high school of art design when graphic design my teacher mr benchko was was an abstract artist too so he and i really understood a lot of the same things in the way i was trying to create my designs looking back at it my designs are incredibly abstract and i just didn't really realize it because i was kind of just honing in on this graphic design world you know going to the school before fit i also continued communication design but really kind of learned a lot there as much as i was unhappy that i didn't get into fit my first try the school fucking sucks i'm doing a, a style of work that i'm kind of growing a little impatient with i learned to not only appreciate when i got to fit but that I was an abstract painter, you know, as much as I always painted, I really realized I loved painting. I love communication, but I loved painting. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, I was, I'm grateful that I was able to be really free in my graphic work in high school. Right. Cause not only was I being free within experimenting, but I was creating work in a really unorthodox way. Most of the time, if you look back at it, it's kind of crazy. Then I learned to do it kind of the proper way in college. And I realized this really wasn't for me as much as I thought. Then when I got to FIT and fine arts, that's when I got to fine arts is when I was really formally trained in painting more. You know, I learned how to use oil. I learned how to use the mediums. I began experimenting. And that's when Nicky Draven started growing more. Because now I'm looking at art in a whole different cylinder, all cylinders, you know, and just one instead of this way, right? Like, oh, I'm going to be like this tunnel vision, tunnel vision, like this different alternate ego. What if the alter ego also went through his own feelings and phases mm-hmm. at the same time as Nico, as meta and complex as that sounds? In my head, it makes sense. But for some people, it's really hard to kind of wrap their head around it because it's more of a me thing in my head thing, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's really weird. And yeah. I'm not going to act like it isn't weird. This whole fucking thing is weird. But I yeah, love I mean, it. It makes me feel so much better. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to understand more of like that field i mean personally i enjoyed i'm glad i picked illustration over yeah. uh, fine arts so because, did I. Shit, we never would have met that case yeah yeah um because i think with fine arts it's just a lot is riding on who who you are you know yeah um at least with illustration you got you know the commercial work you 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 have a goal you have briefs and everything but with fine arts you you really have to rely on your mind and your creativity to yeah. kind of not well obviously with illustration you have you need creativity to right. execute all these um pieces and illustrations but with fine arts it's more you're free to do what you want 
Um, to an extent. But sometimes they would throw us prompts, right? They say, you can do whatever you want, but here's a prompt, right? They say, you know, draw a self-portrait. Do your self-portrait, but do it however you want. Well, mm-hmm. now you're giving two things. You're giving free game, right? But then you also got to do free game doing a self-portrait. So what do you do? Mm-hmm. Do you do self-portrait black and gray? Do you do self-portrait collage, you know? That, you know, the first two is FIT is very like that. Like, you got to draw black and gray. Here's a prompt, but here's black and gray, right? Mm-hmm. Junior, senior year was more open, more abstract. You kind of do whatever the fuck you want. But, oh, yeah, I like that. You can do whatever the more you want. But then it's like, well, what's good enough to be used? I had one specific painting class where essentially I could paint whatever I want, right? I'm like, yes, right? This is all me. I've been training my whole life for this, right? That's what I thought mm-hmm. at the time. When I got there and sat there, I was like, oh, shit, what am I going to paint? You have too much free reign, right? But this is a test. How much do you believe in yourself as an artist to just paint whatever you like and know it's good, right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, I hope that it's clear for those who don't understand. Imagine having to paint something with 100% freedom and control, right? But if you fuck it up and if it's not good, who's the blame? You. And I remember I had a professor say that where I was like, is this good enough? Like, am I going the right direction? He goes, I don't know. You tell me. You're the artist. I'm like, wow. Yeah, I am the artist. And that's where you kind of grow. There's a moment of growing. I'm like, well, I got to really kind of you know, get a real grip of this and really understand my work and be confident in the work so people who see it don't question it. The moment that you question it or you're not that confident, everyone's going to notice. And that's when the ball drops and that's it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's when you go back to the drawing board. And now that's a bad thing. You always got to learn from me because there's a few shows or things where I did. I'm like, I don't know about this. And people noticed. Yeah, I mean, it's normal for every artist to just kind of goes with the whole imposter syndrome where it's just like you don't really oh that's so interesting yeah like you don't really you asked feel... me the same question to nico and he said no but then i'm over here saying yeah yeah interesting i just oh. you're like you're doing all these pieces you're you're putting it out there but then you feel like i don't know this is not like this is not finished this isn't good this is not good enough yeah. i shouldn't be putting this out there who who, do, who, who am Oof, i man you know the, the feeling specifically of i really shouldn't put this out there mm-hmm. is the worst feeling because you feel like such a fraud you're given this opportunity to be part of this show at this gallery with all these other artists right and you look at the work and you see your work there and you're like man like i'm totally taking somebody else's spot right now yeah and people come out to support you and they're like this is great this is amazing let's take a picture blah 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 but deep down inside, you know this is like, this shit ain't tight. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's like, you know, you got to learn how to just be on your A game. And if you're not on your A game, work on it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of your best work was when um, you were working with, actually with Henrietta. Oh my goodness. I feel like she embraced your persona on like the way you created work and i mean you guys did amazing stuff together i mean the whole shoe box um, performance was amazing thank you it was a great turnout with the the film and all that so what did she do kind of to just to like help you out with with nikki draven so for those who don't know who henrietta is henrietta mantooth is my 96 year old mentor uh who's been my mentor for about five years i met her when she was 91 and she's incredible she works and does better work. Oh, let me let me take that back. She works 
and does the best that she can be as an artist more than most people our age who have more time than she does. And not like because of her age, but more time, like, you know, she's still got shit to do. Yeah, you know? but they they also don't have the experience that she does. I mean, she's been around for well, almost. I guess my point is she could barely move and she's 96 right. and she still forces herself to work because she. Okay. It's very inspiring. You know, that's what I'm trying to get, you know, and I learned a lot from her when we've done a few collaboration pieces, including our shoebox performance, where I, I made that directorial debut and, and filmed it and edited it into a documentary. With every project, she let me be me. There was no holding me back, mm -hmm. you know, and she would embrace it and accommodate things that maybe she didn't agree on, but she would switch it up just enough to say, this is my part. That's your part. You know what I mean? We're doing the, a piece on the same canvas. I, I'll do three black squares, one yellow square. She may not like the one yellow square, but she'll work around it to make the yellow square work on the piece and work with something that she adds to it, you know? That's why it works well with Henrietta. And that's why as a mentor or apprentice, even though she calls me her mentor, and I'm kind of beginning to notice why. And I thought she did it to be cute, but it's, you know, as a, a mentor, someone you learn from, yeah. right? Whether it's an art, music, anything, right? As much as I learn from her, she does learn a lot from me. And we learn from each other. So it's grown more of a mentor protege to a mentor mentor, which is really interesting. I'm not sure if that's even like a thing or if many people do that, but we push each other and learn from each other and do everything we can to really be, be the best we could be and like create the best work we could. Mm -hmm. And you know, at 96 and 26, we continue to, we plan to continue working together as soon as uh, when she turns 97, I turn 27. Yeah. She also had an event, I remember, where we was at her studio where we had fun. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That was a while ago. I, yeah. We were still in college, and um, I thought it was interesting, and I see the mask here that you actually wore, I think. Yeah, it is the mask. Yeah. Um, you spoke in front of, was it her colleagues? So the opportunity she was given was to take this art director's loft studio, right? Okay. By SVA. And we were able, it's really fast. It's a really unique experience. I've never really seen anything like it before, but he let her and other artists too done it before, put their work up in his studio and have like an opening night and closing ceremony in his apartment. Like he, the dude lives there and everything. Oh. Yeah, it's really weird. And she had this piece. Um, it was like a roll of canvas that went from the ceiling to the floor and people go on this, on it and just talk. And she wanted me to talk about my about my biological dad and about my mental health, right? She's like, you don't have to if you don't want to. And I said that the only way I can do it is if I become me, Nikki Draven, for just the duration that I talk, right? Just enough for me to really let myself go through. So instead of doing the face paint and everything, I simply made a mask of what his face looked like, right? Put the mask on and I was able to just open up in a way that I wouldn't be able to open up without the mask. I talked about my suicide attempt, my mental health and, you know, stuff that were really personal that, you know, caused a lot of pain and sadness in my life to myself mm -hmm. more than anything. And I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great that you mentioned that because I, it was a real moment where the piece was incredibly utilized for its purpose of having people talk while also embracing it's the same thing with her embracing who I wanted to be and who I was, which was Nikki Draven, right? Even whether, even if it was just a mask to just 
talk to this crowd of people and she was just so happy, you know, and proud and, you know, not the two my own horn. Like, I'm not only gonna sound like that, but she's like, Oh, you're so brave for that. Like, I appreciate you doing that for me. You know, just give me the opportunity as much as I gave her the opportunity. How'd that feel when you were doing weird. that in front of like randoms, man, it was weird. Cause that was like at night. So I still had yeah. school that day. I still had work and I, I had this mask in my bag and the whole day I'm like, man, I'm really fucking nervous. Like, I'm like, this is deep. Yeah, because like that's one of the about. first real times that you're actually like explaining your emotions and what you're, you've gone through yeah. to get where you are with you know, Nikki Draven. So. I still have my walls up, you know, like most yeah. people do sometimes. But for some reason, that mask and the people there and the atmosphere and the peace itself, it felt very, oh, man, I don't know how to describe it, rejuvenating. It felt good to kind of let it out. You know, mm-hmm. at the time specifically, it was really eating me up inside. Like, man, I feel these really awful emotions right now. And I don't know what to do about it. And, you know, it's good to talk about these things. And the crowd was not the crowd. Those are good people. They're a good amount of people who were there to support not just Henrietta, but me. You know, it, the moment I knew it, that these people wouldn't attack me or Get me, give me any sort of repercussional backlash was when they started hugging me. Strangers, strangers hugging me, telling me how brave and how proud they are of me for not doing suicide, you know? Yeah. I try, I don't really talk about my suicide attempts often and not like it's crazy, nothing too extreme, nothing to call it. I don't want to tell anybody about, but you know, you have those moments where you feel like you're falling down like this tunnel and everything around you turns black and the light is above and you're crying, you're sitting there, and the only thing that makes sense right now is to kind of just off yourself, right? That's when you kind of kind of have, I mean, look, at least for me, I had the willpower enough to reach out to you guys, you and the other ones, and my ex, and straight up, straight up, not jiggercoating shit, but straight up, I said, I feel like I want to fucking kill myself right now. I know we're really diving deep off of that, but mm-hmm. I was feeling those kind of emotions, and then just having people hug me was just the love and acceptance that I, I guess I was looking for, Right? And having her and everyone to see how much they love me reminded me as to why I got to stay strong, you know? Yeah. And, like, not – if I kill myself, I know I would be not ruining lives, but leaving an incredible gap of friendships, love, companionships. I hope this sounds weird that I'm like no, making I mean, this impact on people, but it's it's important to no, know. No, it's a great example for like, anybody that's going through that, the same thing that you yeah. went through. It's just for anyone the, listening, right? Anyone listening, depression, anxiety, right? Anything like that, that you feel like you have no sense in the world, that you really kind of just over it, right? Please, please do not be afraid to reach out to your friends. Yeah. I mean, or your family. If your friends, Maybe you're scared to tell your friends, you tell your family. If you're too scared to tell your family, you tell your friends. There's people there. I'm there, right? Nikki Draven on Instagram. Please, anybody looking for help, please. If I'm still here with the great support system, I want you here with the better support system. You know what I mean? And in 2021, it is the best time right now to have communication about mental health. You know? Because, man, if I didn't reach out to you guys, I really don't know. Yeah, I really that's don't know. what's that important. Was, I mean, it was the closest to like I'm gonna fucking do it I ever been in my life. Because when you got, I mean, from what I've been told is when someone's going through that, they just feel 
hopeless hopeless and that they nobody wants them there gosh it's the weirdest feeling i guess they're yeah. getting i guess it's important to talk about it too but when i at least for me at the time i had this amazing relationship my grandma was still alive i had you guys school was great everything was great i had no reason to be depressed right which is often the case you have no yeah. you can't depress you have no reason there's you don't have to have a reason that's why yeah. it's depression right I was just sobbing on the couch, sobbing, crying, right? Trying to remind myself, I have these things right here. I should not be crying, but I was so fucked up that I remember looking at tubes of paint that I knew if I ate them would kill me. If I took the hair dryer in my bathroom, went to the shower, I knew it would kill me. Hanging myself, right? That's why I do when I hear about my idols and musicians hanging, them, hanging themselves and stuff. It's just like heartbreaking because... You could relate to a little minor, you know, uh, exception, you know, extent is that's what I'm looking mm -hmm. for. Um, and, you know, even as nine years old, I had suicide thoughts where I try to drown myself and shit. I guess that's why I'm always trying to make people laugh because it brings me joy to see you guys and everyone else laughing and smiling, almost kind of making myself feel like I'm doing this weird job <laughs> of making you people laugh. And it all just kind of goes right back to this, right? Nikki Draven is like this strong person, right? This strong person with ambition and, you know, charisma who has nothing to be sad about, you know? And mm -hmm. I hope it doesn't come off weird that, oh, he uses Nikki Draven as this really big escape. But, you know, if I'm being totally transparent, it is just a big escape to be somebody else and i'm wacky and i'm fun and you know man we're really i feel like we're bouncing all over the place i mean it's fine it's a conversation but that's just how my head works right yeah and yeah i just think everyone has it in them it depends just you know if you embrace it or not and i have so much more plans moving forward with nikki Draven, and it reflects how i feel right mm -hmm. life is crazy life has its ups and downs I went through some up and downs this year. And I think the mask is a reflection of that where I feel like, you know, for a period of time, I was in a bit of a, I feel like a shell of myself. And I feel like a mask is like a shell over my face, right? And I want to cover my face in the shell. But maybe that might change in a few years, maybe in a few months when things change, maybe that will reflect it too. Maybe I will go back to the face paint. Maybe I'll strip down the mask. Maybe it would just be part of the mask, right? Wow, I just I have these moments where I talk so much, right? And I'm like really self-aware that I'm like going all over, all over the place. But when I stop and catch up to myself is when I'm like, wow, wow. We really just like, like a pinball mm -hmm. hitting all these different subjects. People listening, I hope you're like, you don't mind it too much. But I guess that's like another issue I have is like my overthinking, right? People may not yeah. mind. You're probably like, dude, you're fine. But in my head, I'm like, fuck, man. Like, I hope gosh, I hope like no one's getting frustrated with me. And I guess it just shows that I'm still, you know, figuring it out. And you and everyone else at home are seeing it in real time. But I'm not embarrassed or ashamed as much as I used to be. It's just something I got to work on. That's all. Yeah. I just want to be the inspiration and hero I wish I had growing up. You yeah. Know? That's okay to be different. You don't have to be gay or girly to do your nails or do your makeup. You can still be a heterosexual, yeah. you know? It's not, 
you know, a big, it's really not that serious. You could wear a skirt and not be gay. You can do these things without being bullied or attacked. There's such a strong community for these things. And I think it's amazing. You know, I still have moments where I'm hesitant to do anything. I'm scared that outside of school or, you know, me as an example that may not accept me that I hold myself back, but you could, you know, yeah, I hope I'm not going too much on a tangent. No, no. Boom, I'm doing it again. Let's <laughs> go. So there, there was a point that you were talking about, like your mask and your face paint. You were mentioning before, too, that you are eventually going to phase it into just mask only. Mm-hmm. You're kind of in that transition period now where you're, you're wearing this mask. But this you is the first time. Some, yeah, they're wearing this half mask, but you also still have the face paint. Why are you switching over to that, to fully a mask only? I feel like I need to shield myself a little bit, you know? I felt like... So what was the purpose of the face paint then? To hide myself. What, what? I was hiding myself and I'm shielding myself. I hid myself because I didn't want to be me for those few hours that I had the face paint on. Okay. Now, I feel like, you know, some people will try to take advantage of you and try to stop you and bring you down, right? And luckily... I had a great support system of people and y'all know who you are. I love you. Thank you. That lifted me from a specific uh, situation. And right now I'm kind of in the process of rebuilding myself, you know, kind of focusing on me, my friends and family, make sure everyone is happy and healthy myself as well, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, Mm -hmm. Uh, physically, physically. And I just need to shield myself for a little while, you know, I'll still be there, but I just got to, you know, put a shield up. That's all. Like a little protective barrier between myself and people who are trying to hurt me or attack me. And so right now, this mask will, within a few months or so, will slowly transform into something that covers up my entire face. But I'll still be there. I'll just be a little, you know, protected. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People will try to hurt you, who you may never think would do anything like that in ways that you never thought would be possible, right? You learn from those people and things to better yourself for the future and never to make the same mistake or follow your specific judgment, you know? And right now, the mask coming up is just a protective layer for now. And I hope it eventually does go away. But if it stays, it's a creative decision, if anything. And I plan on making it a neutral white because I'm not good or bad. I'm neutral. I'm yeah, I mean, what was out. the decision on just white and black? The white and black and the skeleton, I always said, was our true face and underneath the blood and flesh and everything and fat and muscle is a skeleton. All right? I'd paint my face in the specific different skeletal ways depending on the style, work, or whatever I'm feeling at the time. Because that's like showing our true face, right? We're not being fake. We're not hiding nothing. This is who I really am. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm just... We're just skeletons. Think about it. Really get really weird and meta. We're just skeletons. You know, we just happen to have a brain and a heart to make these decisions, right? Um, so I would do the skeleton, but then after going through some bullshit sometimes, and you know, at life it happens. I'm not trying to be like boohoo me, you know, nothing like that at all. It's just life. Like those curveballs are you. Your job is to learn to adapt and go with it to learn from it, right? I want to go from black and white because I'm, you know, I see things in black and white, right? That's no, no, that's the wrong way, right? Black and white is the wrong way. Seeing things in color, I don't know. 
No, yeah. You, you know what I mean? So you're seeing things in a binary way where it's like it's either right or wrong, but there's also gray areas. Which is why. Which is where you don't know. You could be doing the right thing, but you could doing be... it in the wrong way yeah. to get the right result. Yeah. So there's gray areas in life. So Yeah, so I guess I'm kind Are of... you saying that you're only looking at, at the world as right or wrong? It come out right. <laughs> Nothing like that at all. I'm always making sure I see both sides of arguments, different point of views, different yeah. perspectives. Even like I said with the painting earlier where I was like, I put myself in the mindset of those in like the 1960s or 30s looking at something like that. You know, like maybe they blew them away, right? I didn't mean it like that, black and white. But black and white because it's simple colors doesn't distract from anything, right? With my colorful outlets and my colorful paintings. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to go with just a base white. And whatever paint that lands on it or anything like that, if I ever paint with it on, it's going to stay there. Kind of like uh, passport collecting these things along my way where mm-hmm. I could say that blue is from that painting or I was working on this with that, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, so I guess not necessarily looking at things in a gray area, but looking at things white where I'm like, I'm just there and I don't want anyone to know what emotions I'm feeling. I just want to be there. If you talk to me, maybe you'll be able to understand how I feel, but the mask won't give you any perception. It's just a neutral mask. When you see it, you'll know. It's unlike anything I've created before in terms of uh, my identity and showing my face. Big inspiration from Slipknot, which I mentioned before, but like, you know, even like Halloween, like I think Halloween's my favorite horror franchise, my favorite horror movie. And we get so much out of micromise. It's just black, uh, out of just his white mask, you know? It's also the expression on it, too. Yeah. And the way he tilts his head, it's little, just little things like that. And I love Daft Punk. And I love, I just love artists and people who cover the face. For some reason, I've always been really gravitated towards it. I don't know why. I guess because in that sense, you're focused on the art, not the person. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I should have mentioned that earlier, but. Nicky Draven is a way for me to separate my personal life and my professional life. Yeah. You know, when I'm out doing art things, I'm Nicky Draven. But, you know, when I'm home and doing my job, I'm Nico Lowry. There's a time and place for everything. Yeah. Right now, I'm Nicky Draven. But after this, I'm, I may just go back to Nico Lowry. Who knows? Depends on what the agenda is. But, yeah. That's where the mask is heading. I need to protect myself. And I'm in a neutral zone where i'm just kind of being there without giving any preconceived notion or anything yeah yeah people always ask me why do you do this why do you do all that and i just want to give i just want to have this time around to be like this is why i deal with a lot of mental health issues that i'm working on i deal with a lot of disabilities and i don't know like neurological disorders which Mm -hmm. is tourette's um and as shitty as all of them can be, I really, really try not to make it that. I try to treat everyone with just love and respect. Because as corny as it sounds, I really do try to treat people with how I want to be treated. You know, I love for someone to make me laugh. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love when people try to be there for me and listen to me. So I always try to be there to listen to them. And that's what I plan on doing too. And, you know, I know we talked about everything but my work. We talked about my work a little bit, you know. Moving yeah. forward, I just want to move my work forward tor- towards forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Moving forward with my work in a way that lets people think. But at the same time, I want to just have fun with it. Yeah. You know, the black 
line work on top, the simple, is kind of reflecting the streetwear and like the how things get bare bones, but at the same time, underneath the the colorful expressionist work with all the brushes and the fucking hand movements and punching and everything, mm -hmm. you know, that's me honoring my roots and my idols. So I'm kind of taking this weird modern look at things and the weird old school looking of ways and just kind of meshing it together. And a big thing I'm trying to work on right now, I'm really pushing and I'm reading really reaching out to artists and not artists uh, galleries and organizations for a solo show i feel really confident that my work is strong enough to hold up a, a gallery show and i feel like my uh support system is big enough that i could fill it out for sure for sure you know and i guess maybe i won't be able to say this if it, say this about nico larry but as nikki draven i'm very confident that I will and can make a dent in this art scene, whether it's New York City or elsewhere, you know, and not because of glory. I really want to like have a, a platform to help people more than anything. You know, the stronger the power you have, the more people you can reach, the more people you reach, the more people you can help. So what kind of things have you done to help people? Man, I try to make work that I have silent bids and donate 100% to organizations, you know, I try to make merch that I sell and donate a, a hefty percentage because you know it doesn't take me a lot to make, but I'll sell them for a specific price and donate it to a relief fund or anything. You know, um, I made the, the bootleg Star Wars shirts, the Star Bay. I sold a few of them and donated ninety uh, about a hundred percent, yeah, to the Australian Wildfire Fund last year with, after the George Floyd protests and Black Lives Matter. I made a painting that I was able to have a silent bid highest bidder 100 they came here too to get the painting and then we together went online and submitted the 100 uh, donation so i want to do more i want to do more stuff like that to help more people and i want to be able to do bigger things to help people like myself who and other people who need it you know i see people with big platforms that i it drives me crazy that i'm like how are you not helping people with this right now you know Nothing crazy like that. Just people who know people who know people, you know? If I was like that, I'm like, man, I would do everything I can to help people, you know? Obviously, obviously still continue being an artist and doing what I got to do, but, you know, uh, does that make sense? Yeah. I, I keep doubting my, not that I'm doubting myself. I hope it doesn't sound like that when I say, does that make sense? Because sometimes my mind wanders and I have so much in my head that when I talk, I hope it just comes off clear mm -hmm. and, you know, in a way that people can understand. Yeah, you know, even like the shoebox, that was all about people who are locked up in incarceration, you know, solitary confinement and all that, you know. So what was the purpose of that? That was a mutual decision between Henrietta and, Henrietta and I to create a piece, a performance piece of, I feel like we talked about it too last time, but we're getting more in depth because a lot's happened since. Uh, let me a sec. Because you guys part. didn't make money off of it. It was more of just like a performance. Thing. Yeah, we made zip shit off of it. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't for the money. It's never for the money. You know, it's for helping people. We brought awareness to people who saw the film. Multiple sold out screenings, right? We brought awareness to people who didn't know the horrible living conditions and the ways of living in life in in incarceration you know they treat them like fucking animals and just because they're inmates doesn't mean they're fucking animals they're so human you know and people don't know that so we decided to make a shoe box that's what we called it which was like you know people in jail called uh uh solitary the shoe 
flex slang, right? So I called the shoe box, a little box, really narrow, where I dressed up as an inmate in another mask to really to become the prisoner, I called it, right? And I was in the box for one day for eight hours and the next day, seven and a half hours, filmed the entire thing. And we made a documentary where we talked about it. And we met people on the street who had family or friends that were incarcerated telling us, you know, what you're doing is amazing right now. Like my brother got arrested. He had to go in there. He never came back the same. Another person came who talked to us, said, uh, this person, I know this happened to them. And now they kill themselves, you know? So yeah, I just want to help people. I want to bring awareness to these things. I just think it's so important. You know, this is a crazy example and not that I want anything like this, but I read this article about billionaires who became millionaires and millionaires who lost their title as millionaires because they donated so much Mm. to like uh, helping people or like funds and, you know, stuff like that. Organizations, wildlife, fire, you know, helping people eat, you know, children for America and stuff like that. And I'm like, I want that without the money. You know what I mean? Without the money part. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to do as much as I can to give myself for people and things. And there have been people who just try to bring me down and try to like do all these, say these crazy things about me. But at the end of the day, people who know me, right, know that I would, you know, I would do anything for anybody given the chance. And I hope in my career journey, in my art journey, that a gallery or somebody or something will see what I can do and give me the opportunity to reach a bigger masses and help more people like myself or even like animals and stuff like that, fires, Black Lives Matter. Asian hate, everything, you know? I, I just strong LGBTQ rights. I'm so passionate about all those things, man. Yeah. Because I get it. I get it. We as humans have to love each other, if not at least respect each other and not have so much anger and hatred. For what? What does that do for anybody? Mm-hmm. Nothing. I can't think of one positive thing coming out of hating another group of people. Well, in the media, that's their bread and butter. That's how they make their money. Yeah. Well, inciting violence. And, if well, you consider media making money off of it as a good thing, then. What do you mean? I, well, you know, not saying you. I'm talking general people like, oh, well, you know, media, that's like their shit, right? That's like their thing. Is No, yeah, I'm not saying it's a good thing. Yeah, no, but, but some I'm, people do see it like that as a good yeah. thing. And, you know, I, I may not agree, but at the same time, it goes back to I got to respect your opinion. If you don't respect mine, that's on you. At the end of the day, you're the one screaming and yelling. And I'm just kind of like, chill out. It is not that serious. Yeah. Relax. Yeah. We got into the deep end here. We got into the deep end. I mean, we could have some fun now. Yeah. Sheesh. I mean, I love music more than anything. Yeah, I feel like we man. don't really talk about music too much. We talk about no. video games and art and all that. Real quick, speaking of music, in the beginning of the year, in your episode one, I mentioned... Uh, Man, the future's bulletproof EP, right? Right. Things happen in life. Something's got a little derailed. Something's got pushed. It is no longer coming out in 2021. I plan to record some sort of song in 2021. But in 22, I really, really want to push for a full EP album with a performance and everything where I get a space in a band or whatever and I perform these songs. I mean, I had this like, crazy idea. I don't think I told you. I mean, I told you. I want to write like a weird musical concert thing of a mix of originals and covers to this narrative about 
my mental health and stuff and how I feel about things where it'd be mixed spoken word, but it would be more like spoken word that would go right into a song that adds to this narrative. And, you know, after the pandemic and this year kind of being the full kind of normalish year we've had in quite some time, that's still very abnormal. Mm -hmm. I want to write this musical called Remember My Name because if I, God forbid something ever does happen or anything like that, all I want is for people to remember my name. And that's something I'm really pushing for right now in 2022 is the remember my name performance piece. And I'd love to direct another film where I'm working on right now. I'm work, I'm kind of working on the script for a short black and white film. That's all I'm going to say. It's been a passion project of mine since high school. Another one, it, it totally evolved from like one thing in high school to like a totally different thing now based on just like my life experiences. Right. And then, continue just having gallery shows having a solo show would be an honor yeah you know um and right now a big thing is just music i love music now it's not that it's a big thing now it's always been music i mean i get a lot of people get mad at me sometimes people get so mad sometimes why because i always say and i'm very open that I, if i had to have one or the other i always pick music over art because oh, without the art without the music i would have no art why a lot of my pieces are inspired by just lyrics, you know, and I love taking lyrics and kind of creating a visual, right? I try to avoid music videos because sometimes it's always going to like kind of yeah. think of that. And I love like just listening to full albums. Like I was on a date once and the girl's like, we do it for fun. And I'm like, don't hate me, but I love listening to music. And she goes, that's, that's, that's really whack. I'm like, check it out. People don't listen to full albums anymore, though. You know what I mean? I genuinely mark in my calendar. I get very excited about my, an artist I like drops a full record. My whole day is surrounded by listening to a full album from start to finish. Not just the singles. I'm talking about the deep cuts, the beat cuts, the rough cuts. Yeah. I love that shit, you know? And I get so interested in, like, the music and the performance. And I love Tyler, the creator. Yeah. He's another one who's evolving, you know? Through every record cycle, he evolves. And I loved, God, I loved uh, Call Me If You Get Lost. But, man, I yeah. loved Igor. Because that was his alter ego. And he said it multiple times where he could not believe the album blew up the way it did because he didn't think people would accept him doing this weird performance thing the way they did and i think that's just a perfect example of not giving a shit what people think doing what you like and if they like it they like it they don't they don't yeah. in this case they loved it and yeah it's just that's just being authentic bro you know what i mean it's such a great record and yeah, I just I love just listening to music and every time I paint in my studio, I always have something on, you know, something. Once in a while I have a podcast, but it's really hard to paint with a podcast, at least for me. Because there's no visual, it's just people talking. No, I mean Well besides with, the stories. Yeah, like story wise. I love comedy podcasts and everything. That's Man, always funny. I'm very excited. And that keeps the mood light while you're working. Tom, yeah. I'm very excited. We're seeing Tom yeah. Segura next year. And I'm just really excited and really excited because We've been listening to this guy for about a year or two now. I think well, I've been. Well, you've on been it on it for a while. Yeah. I've been on it for like a year and a half or so. YMH, Two Bears. I love the YMH lives. Right, it totally yeah. went from music to like this disgusting yeah. live special. <laughs> I mean, but and it's gonna be so cool to see entertainment. Live. It's all intertwined yeah, in entertainment. And it's just adds to just enjoying yourself. Do what you yeah. love, man. We just happen to love watching YMH live where they show disgusting videos. All right, well, yeah. <laughs> But it's called the heavy segment. You get, you you get, get the, the idea. idea. Yeah. yeah. But just do what we love with your friends, man. We love to do that. We love, yeah, we, man. We also love to go to the movies, though. 
thank God we're all vaxxed. Respect if you don't want to get vaxxed. We're not getting into that. Um, but we get to go to the movies still and enjoy. We saw Halloween Kills, Venom, Shang-Chi. Like, we're enjoying ourselves, you know? It's it's cool to just in, be with you guys again and, like, fucking hang out and do these things without... We got to be safe about it with COVID. But yeah. for the most part, we're pretty on top of these things. And Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. It's just... It's cool that you're doing this. Because yeah. a lot of people will talk and talk and talk i want to make a podcast i'm gonna do this i'm gonna open up this kind of shop i'm gonna make a brand nobody sticks to shit no one does anything I'm, but yeah. you may do the podcast for a short amount of time and end it these are people who never even started you know and mm-hmm. those are the man that's a whole other topic of conversation the doers and the do in the what do you call it? the doers, doers, and the the doers. doers. Yeah, yeah man Shit, we know so many people who are like, I'm gonna do this, this, and that in art. And this and and sometimes, man, you could just tell they just are not. You they're yeah. not. And it goes back, and I hope this is not pretentious, but it really is an experience thing. At least for me, I've been doing art for like 12 years. I've been grateful enough to have 12 years in a row, at least one gallery show a year. A year. I'm actually on the verge of losing that. Uh that streak in the next two months unless i squeeze out a show soon i really don't count the movie it gets a whole separate thing but man it's just like surround yourself with people who will bring the best out of you it's okay to have friends who may not like i have a few friends who are very much like non-doers who talk a lot but it's important to still be involved with people who are doing things because you'll push and inspire each other like when you dude you've been doing a podcast almost a year yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's amazing. Like the something that started off as an idea of like, I come and do a podcast a year later, you're like fucking doing it still. Like that's incredible. Yeah. The weekly, it, bi-weekly, you know what I mean? Yeah. Bi-weekly now. I started weekly, but you know, when you, when you're doing a podcast with guests, it gets very complicated oh, trying yeah. to like match um, schedules, schedules and all that, all that. So with the bi-weekly, it's made it a little bit easier, but yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Congrats, I, man. I thought, thank you, dude. I thought of this podcast. I think it was around this time, November and December. Started it in January, so we're coming up to the one year anniversary. You have any ideas for like a one year celebration thing? I have no idea, dude. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm I, just, I never, I didn't even realize. I'm, I'm so possibly, just... I'm thinking of maybe doing another commercial for it or something. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really like just, a highlight reel, of like yeah, just crazy shit, or just like, or just like to promote it, a just montage, like, just yeah. different back, you know, different moments. Because you've yeah. interviewed a lot of people in all kinds of ways. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, and it's they're all from different, you know, professions. You know, yeah. And, yeah just, um, I think it's great. Which I think is awesome. Yeah, that people get to see like the different point of views of making it. I didn't want to solely like do just one profession because there's, I mean, we're in such a creative field that, and then now with the, the internet, you could like make a career out of any any field. Of, yeah, it's a trip right now. It's the creative field is so broad, dude. It's I'm excited. Like, I'm excited to see yeah. where art goes and where you could go yeah, with yeah. podcast and art. Even if, like, let's say you pull the plug on a podcast after a year. Yeah. You fucking did it for a year. And even if it didn't reach you, you still did it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, man. Yeah, I just, you know, I wish people weren't non-doers. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. And some people, sometimes it's out of their some, control. Like, I mean, yeah, not it's out of their unsympathetic control. and all yeah. that. I get it, but. Some, you know how to explain it like some things happen you know but like there's those that say that they're going to do something and then just find excuses not to 
Yeah. yeah they're going. The, oh, God. The, one of the excuses drive me crazy. I think like, where, where it comes down to something like that, it's just they're, they're saying what when they say that they're going to do something, they're just looking for the the glory of someone saying like, oh, yeah, dude, that's great. They're looking for the, the positive feedback. Yeah. But without actually committing to it, Man. they they got their fix of like, hey, someone knows I'm, someone acknowledges that I'm doing this and thinks that yeah, I could do it. It bums me out so hard. Yeah, and seeing people who I know have the potential to be like the not the biggest thing in art, but could do something with their work, mm-hmm. just totally wasting time or squandering opportunities. Yeah, you know. And I guess my point I'm trying to make is if you're really passionate about something, fucking do it. Don't stop until it happens. Right now, I'm gung-ho on just doing something with my work or Nikki Draven, you know? I want to do what I said. I want to help people. I want to put my work out there. I'll do whatever I got to do to get to where I want to be, you know? And you got to think it's so important to surround yourself with people with the same mindset because you're all, like I said, lifting each other up. We're lifting each other up. You know, with the rest of the guys and the gals doing it, you know, in our respective groups as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know you may not be able to do it, that's okay. But if you feel passionate enough, walk the walk, you know. Yeah, for more sure. More than anything, I hope that I know. I know it sounds a little mean and stuff, and it could be perceived as mean, but it's just tough love because I wouldn't be where I am today for my mentors. You know, let me give mm-hmm. a quick shot. You know, Jose. Henrietta, Robert, Benchko, you know, Saul to an extent. You, know, you all know who you are. They all give me and my all the my all my art teach, art teachers in between. The one like <laughs> Joffy, if you're watching, which I so doubt, when you said to me, My shit ain't tight and you made me work for another three hours, I never forgot that. And it's my work, I always remind myself, is my shit tight? You know what I mean? So I grab every little thing I can from all my mentors and teachers, you yeah. know? And they gave me tough love because they knew I can do it. I give tough love because I know you or whoever can do it. You know, I try not to be mean, but at the same time, we grow from just being honest. We can't kiss each other's ass. And that's why this group, our group works so well because we're honest with each other. If we see something that we know we could fix or edit or make better, we tell each other. We don't kiss ass and say, yeah, that's great. Put it out there knowing it could be pushed. And it doesn't come from a place like a malicious place. It all comes from love. At the end of the day, it all comes from love and wanting the best out of each other. My teachers never wanted to be mean to me. They didn't want to shit on me. They knew I can do it. So I try to do the same thing with everybody else. And people tell me, tell me, hey, I think you're being mean. I say I'm being honest, but that's just two different point of views. And mm-hmm. I respect you think I'm mean. I try not to. But like I said, if I see you squandering, wasting time, I might just tell you. So you could like, Knock, just knock out, get out of yeah. it, and like cut the shit and get it done. Time is of the essence, man. I mean, if we're not doing anything, we're being washed by the wayside. And like I said, you know, we're taking the time right now to do this podcast to, you know, put myself out there, do your podcast, put your stuff out there, you know, and then when we release it, you know, fucking put it out there and like uh, promoting everything. And just in, you know, at the end of the day, we're just putting it out there and doing what we got to do. That's it. Yeah. I think that's a great end to this podcast. I man. think so, man. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that they would need to know before I yeah. cut this off? For anyone who ever tried to bring me down, right? Stop me. Try to put me halting my tracks. I am never going anywhere. And no one is ever going to stop me from getting to where I want to be and doing what I want to do in this world and in art. 
All right. I want to say thank you to everyone who have been there for me. You guys, my family, my friends, my mentors, my protégés. Without your support, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I think it's so important for us to acknowledge those who are there more than who aren't. Never forget where you came from. Never forget who you are. And with no risk, there's no reward. I love you, bro. Thank you for having me, man. man. Anytime, dude. Let me get up. (laughs) <laughs> Woo, baby. Let me get a two sweet. Let's do it. Yeah. We're good. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Till next time.